Hi there. If you're listening to this and you're new to Toronto Christian Community Church, we are a multicultural, non-denominational Christian church with a Cantonese, Mandarin, and English congregation all under one roof. We are located on the intersection of Warden and Steeles Avenue, right on the border of Scarborough and Markham. We serve folks from the greater Toronto area and the suburbs around it, whether that's North York, Markham, Richmond Hill, Scarborough, or Mississauga. Sunday English services are currently being held virtually from 9.40 a.m. to around 10.45 to 11 a.m. At 11.20, after services from June to July, we have our Junction Table Talks, where we discuss the passage and sermon for the week. For more information, head over to info.tccc.ca. Hey, T3C family, Roxine here, and I'm your English Ministry Communications Coordinator. We hope you've been enjoying our Junction series that you can enjoy during the week as you do your pre-study, on Sundays during the sermon, and on table talks after the service. And we also hope that you've been enjoying the discussions we've been having here on the podcast as well for the past two weeks. This week is the third of eight weeks of our Junction series, and we're talking about 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In this episode, I sit down with Matt Wong and Jonathan Ng. Matt graduated from Western last year, and John just finished his third year at Western. So John plays softball for us and is also involved in SDASI. This is T3C English's fellowship for university students. Matt is another softball fanatic who is reintegrating back into T3C after being away in London for four years of school. He's usually dressed in Western purple, so be sure to say hi to him and John whenever we're back in our church building again. They're not very hard to spot. In this conversation, we talk about exclusivism in the gospel and praying for people or groups of people who are harder to pray for. The guys also share a couple of areas of their lives that they need God to bring peace into. Our audio is a little bit scratchier this time because I had some problems with my software, so advanced apologies for that. But without further ado, here's Matt and John. Hey, uh, hey, John. Hey, Matt. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Doing well. Um, so for those of our, you who are listening, um, could you, both of you, give yourselves like, I don't know, a couple of lines, tell people who you are, what you do, and then go a little bit into the ministries that you work, oh, not work, serve in at T3C. Okay. I guess that I can go first. So I'm John Ng, and I'm and I currently just just finished my third year of school at Western in business. Uh, and yeah, um, when I'm back at TPC for breaks and and for the summers, I'm part of SDRC and I play softball. You know when it can happen. Uh, yeah, um, and then I am with Matt. We are co-serving uh, as Junction leaders for the next uh, month and a bit. Um, yeah, Matt, over to you now. Yep. So just adding on to John, my name is Matt. I am also a junction leader. Uh, I actually graduated in August 2019 or April 2019. Uh, and I've slowly been integrating back into TPC. So if you haven't seen me, it's probably because I've been in London for the past four years. Uh, but hopefully when everyone uh, gets back to TPC, I'll be able to meet everyone again and uh, get to know you in person, whether it's your fellowship, softball, or uh, just seeing you on church. Yeah. 
Excited to see Matt back. I remember like the past four years, he would come to SDIC and all I could do was say hi to him and then he would have to leave again because he'd go back to Western. Um, and John as well from Western. Hopefully you guys can come back soon and see you guys more often. Um, so this week, the passage is around First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Um, and kind of similar to the previous weeks, uh, for everyone listening, we're not going to read the passage. We're just going to dive right into um, the, some of the personal questions and group discussion questions for this week. Uh, and let me start the guys off with, um, it's actually question number five from the group discussion questions. Um, and the question goes like this. It's like, just like the Ephesian church, we may struggle with praying for certain groups of people in this world, um, like the secular rulers during that time. So who are the people that you have the hardest time wanting to pray for and why? Hmm. I think that I can think of uh, two groups which really stand out to me. Um, first is a sizable group um, down south in America. Um, it tends to be supporters of Trump who, who often claim that, you know, they are, that they are devout Christians at the same time. And to me, it seems so difficult because um, I think that many of us can agree that what Trump is, is doing, things he stands, he, he stands for is morally wrong and it's a sin. And what really gets to me is when people seem to be able to, you know, say that they read the Bible and go to church and be okay with the way that that the president conducts himself, the rhetoric which he says, and they seem to twist the Bible to fit that that narrative um, that what Trump is doing is fully good. Yet, um, I think to all of us, we can totally see an absence of love, which really uh, makes it tough for me to. Um, understand how they can say they're Christians, but also Trump supporters as well. I think the second group is I feel that we've all interacted with people uh, where we've shared the gospel with them or shared parts of our testimony. And at times they're incredibly dismissive about what we think uh, um, uh, of what we think came from God, but they are quick to to let's say discredit that and call it into to doubt. And I think that you know uh, for both of these groups at times um, for parts that I, I think I hold so dear to my life, my faith, that, you know, um, it's hard to love and pray for others back when it seems that, that, that it's not being reciprocated on the other side. But what we do know is that um, it, it says in the Bible that it's very easy to love and treat others well who, who do the same back to you, but the way that we set ourselves apart and follow the examples of Christ is when we love and we pray for others, um, even when it is incredibly difficult. So um, how have you found, like how has, uh, let me rephrase this next follow-up question in my head first. Um, when you do pray for these people who you have a harder time loving, um, mm -hmm. How has, what methods have you found have helped in praying for them? I think what, what works for me is to remind why and ask the question how God and Jesus Christ can love me. Um, I think when I remind myself that, you know, the state of my life, the sin in my life puts me closer to uh, those groups that I'm critical of in essence, that I'm much more like them than I'm like God. And yet God chooses to love us both. Um, it 
reminds me that I can't hold myself above anyone, that, you know, we are all equal before God. And in that same way, um, I remind myself that I'm called to be Christ's example. And uh, I do know that unlike Christ, I'm not perfect and I will make mistakes at times. But that doesn't mean that I should um, stop trying to love and pray for them every day. And, and sometimes I, I won't. I'll fail, but, you know, uh, I just remind myself I need to try again to be more like Christ. And that's interesting because you mentioned that um, people who are dismissive of the gospel and some Trump supporters kind of twist the gospel. And with First um, Timothy, it's all about the truth. It's about knowing what the truth is. And if you have the truth and if you know the truth, it'll pierce through kind of any false belief or myths that people have. Um, and then you talked about how like when you pray, like you kind of look at yourself and that helps you pray because like the depths of our sin, when we see it, like we can't, we just can't dismiss anyone else. Um, and that's the other part, I think, of the double-edged sword that is the word of God, where it's like, yeah, it pierces through um, the lies around us, but it also pierces into us. It shows us that we're not very different from these people. Um, and that helps us to like find that love and to be more loving towards other people. So, and, exactly. and Paul was a blasphemer too. So we can't really, <laughs> one of the <laughs> biggest heroes of our faith um, did all of that and still came to Christ. Like who's to say who won't be saved? Matt, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the gospel. Um, I think John touched it touched on it very well uh but then they we know that all have sinned all have fallen short mm. um and i think when we when we recognize that we recognize how we are sinful but we see how god has worked in our lives uh, uh i think it changes how we view people uh i know from my life there's there's dark times there's times where i felt like i was wandering away from god but i also see how he has blessed me how he's provided people and opportunities in my life that i'm probably back to him and I think that gives me hope uh, when I see people where it's, it's tough to pray for or tough to love um, that like God can still work in them. We see, we saw from last week how Paul mentions how he was a blasphemer, but God has to work in him in, in the, in the most crazy way. Um, and so if God can work through Paul, as Paul says, uh, he can work with anybody. Was there, um, was there a specific kind of like turning point moment for you that you can remember that God really just woke you up and shook you? <laughs> Good question. I, I think it's it's a it's a learning process. Uh, for me, life's been a roller coaster. I don't think uh, my Christian journey has been very linear. Uh, but I remember going to university and I would say I was a Christian, but at the same time, there were a lot of sins that I was struggling with. Uh, predominantly pride, um, just the desire for security, desire for, for people to, to like me. Um, and for me going into a business program, it's so easy to get caught up in the lies. Uh, I remember starting my third year of business, uh, and people would know you by the company that you signed with. Uh, yeah. so you know, they won't call you by your name. They'll call you, I don't know, uh, Rogers or, uh, McKinsey, Goldman Sachs. Uh, and for me, uh, being in that environment for the first time, uh, it was so easy for me to get caught up in the lies. And very easy for me to look at myself and say, uh, I don't have a label that people associate with me. But, um, but, but thankfully, in, in the toughest times when I was really down on myself, uh, God reminded me of the gospel that my identity isn't in in the jobs I'm, I'm searching for, 
Mm. Uh, but it's in, it's in him. Um, it's in, uh, through his son who, who died for me. And I think that totally changed my perspective as someone who was constantly trying to strive for, uh, a job and trying to outplay everyone and everyone in class. Um, and just remember that I'm living my life for God, regardless of what the, what the result will be on the earthly sense. And I think that's a perfect segue into um, one of the questions that we have here where it's like um, exclusive exclusivism. Yeah. Exclusivism versus um, like limiting, limiting salvation and things like that. Um, because with us in the world, we like being exclusive because we want to find the people who are like us. Um, and in some ways the, the gospel is exclusive. Where it's like, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for your sins, then you are not saved. Um, but then it's also inclusive because God's grace is for everyone. Anyone who says that and proclaims that can be saved. Um, so with that, we shall smoothly transition <laughs> into the next question. Um, so in the Ephesian church, the false teachers were promoting exclusivism and limiting salvation to only a select few. Why does Paul respond to this by sharing the gospel of Jesus' death on the cross? I think for me, when I, when I see this, this question, um, I, I'm reminded of what's happening in the Ephesian church at the time. There's a lot of lies, a lot of myths, a lot of people trying to spread false news. Um, the cool thing about Paul is that he, he points back to what is true um, and he encourages uh, the people in the church of Ephesus to remember what is true. That's not just about um, whether you're elite or not, what people think, but uh, it's what Christ has done on the cross. Um, so, uh, exclusivism, uh, I hope I pronounced that right. <laughs> it focuses so much on what we can do, uh, whether we follow the laws, whether we follow, uh, what people say we should follow. Uh, but Paul reminds the people that there's nothing we can do that can earn our salvation. Nothing that we can do that can show God that we deserve it. Mm -hmm. Because as an we, we sin, we have fallen short. We have missed the mark of the law that God has set. And so God is reminding people that God sent his son to die on the cross or sent his son to die on the cross for us um, because we needed it. And it's an offer for anyone uh, who's willing to accept that and to believe that. And, I think, uh, um, oh, sorry. Oh, keep, oh, so, sorry. Go, go for it, John. I think to add on to Matt, I think one other thing is that uh, I think that this theme here, it's a bit personal to, to Paul as well. He's, he's, He's speaking to his past of how the Christian faith is truly unique in in that time. If if we look at context in terms of religion back then, right, uh, the faith which you had was often determined by the country or culture that 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 you were born into. But the Christian faith here was the was the first new religion at the time where your background, your economic status was completely a. a Relevant, and especially knowing where Paul came from, that he was a mm. Pharisee, the most elite in the Jewish faith, um, where uh, the lineage you have through your mother's side is extremely important. Um, he's recognizing, you know, this is something that he can speak of, that um, he understands uh, the faith which he once had, but also his new faith in Christ, and just the resurrection as well is something that is is unique to our faith in god 
And I think that he is pointing this out to uh, just reference his his background because it's something that he cares deeply about um, and and just making this distinction clear. Mm. It almost goes back to the point again of how the gospel, Paul goes back to that because it's the truth that pierces through the lies, whether that's the exclusivism um, or it's saying that the gospel is only for a select few. Um and like when I was when you guys were talking, I just realized that it's similar to the business school thing that Matt was, Matt was talking about because I went to Ryerson too. And people don't um, call you by the like the by the company that you're like signing to or which co-op you had, uh, but people know. And people know if you're one of the 100 people who went to RBC or you're one of the five people who went to EY. Um, for those who don't know <laughs> business stuff, EY is like one of the accounting of firms. Terms. Um, and not a lot of Ryerson people get into EY because we're Ryerson. <laughs> um, but like finding our worth in our identity in Christ versus our identity, let's say, whether what school we go to or which company we work for. I think that's like a revolutionary kind of idea whether it's back then or as it is now. Because back then, like what John said, it's, oh, I'm a Pharisee. I studied the Bible or studied the Torah for like a gazillion years. And I know all about that. And I teach people about this. Um, so I love that the gospel is something that um, is applicable both then and now in destroying like these beliefs of identity that's not found in Christ. Um, which... I don't know if this smoothly transitions. I like smooth transitions, but I don't know if this is... Um, <laughs> The last question for today is, uh, God's people aren't called to run away from conflict, but we are encouraged to strive towards living a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. So what are some areas in your life or relationships that you need God to help you bring more peace into? Um, and I think this question will really help shine some light into other people's lives if they're struggling to bring peace into their lives too. Hmm. I think that... I could probably go first. Um, this uh, the beginning of the question. It really it really stands out to me because it reminds me of of my favorite verse. That's Matthew ten twenty two. That says, "You will be hated by all men because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved." Um, I I I think in a way that touches on uh, the bit here that you know in that when we have conflict, it won't be easy, we won't always quote and quote win, um, but there's only one person's opinion of us who really matters, and that's God. Um, but I think to directly answer, I think one area of my life that I need God to bring more to bring more peace into is I'm, I think that inherently I'm a very competitive person. I like the uh, thrill of just going up against someone else and doing my best to come out on top. Uh, but I think uh, that's dangerous because it often really leads myself to compare. And similar to uh, the first answer, which which I gave to your question, Roxine, um, when we compare, that's dangerous because we then tend to elevate ourselves against everybody else, and then we um, have that exclusive mindset that 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 Paul is reminding us to reject. Um, and I think that also when uh, when you're incredibly competitive as well, um, you're not thinking about loving the other person. You're mm -hmm. thinking of, you know, what strategies or techniques you can do to win. Uh, but, you know, God 
doesn't just say uh, that we are to love and pray for those on our team. God says that we should love and pray for everybody. Uh, and I, so I guess just here, uh, one area of my life is the competitiveness that I have, which I think uh, in moderation is good, but if left un- unchecked, uh, can definitely escalate and grow into something worse. Uh, I would say for me, it's, it's, it's patience. Uh, for myself, I'm someone who likes to get things done. Uh, efficiency is something I like to do. If there's 10 bags, I'd rather make one trip rather than make 10 <laughs> Groceries? Uh, that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah, there have been a lot of times where I'd be barely holding on and uh, just made it through with 10 bags. But uh, I think this applies a lot to, to work. Um, and so in work, there's a lot of deadlines, uh, a lot of tasks you need to do. And um, a lot of times you just want to get it done so you can tell your manager or tell the people that you're working with that uh, it's completed, uh, review it, and let's just get this over with, wash our hands a bit. Um, but the crazy thing about the past few months is that everything has been work from home. And so for me, I, I've been so accustomed to having a question, walking to someone's desk, and three minutes later, getting an answer, and then uh, finishing whatever work I had to, be, had to do. Uh, but now with work from home, there's a lot of different obstacles that people face. Um, some people have uh, other distractions of trying to get home set up to work from working from home. Uh, but there's also people who have two full-time jobs now uh, where their parents uh, and, and full-time workers at the same day. Uh, and I think for me, uh, a huge adjustment that I've had to make, and I'm still adjusting, uh, is learning to be patient with the responses that people give me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think why that's important is because what my attitude shows the work that I do in my communication uh, gives people a glimpse of who God is um, through, through my actions. Um, and so for me, being able to be patient um, and being able to be cognizant of people uh, gives people a glimpse of, of the love uh, that God has shown in my life. Um, yeah, I, I would say that that's something I'm, I'm currently working on, uh, but also being reminded that uh, this opportunity, this time of, of, of COVID is an opportunity for me to love and to be, be caring for, for the needs of my coworkers. It, it's interesting when you guys mention, like for Matt, it's patience and it's love. And then for John, it's to being, being less competitive. It's like when you talk about love and patience, it sounds very soft. It sounds like very easy. Um, but in reality, it's hard. Like not being argumentative is harder than being argumentative. Um, and like one of the things in this passage, like Paul tells Timothy exactly what we're talking about right now. It's like, oh, pursue peace, pursue the truth, um, live a quiet life. Um, but it's actually really hard. It's something that you have to fight for. Like you have to carve out time to hear God's truth in your life, to read your Bible. You have to like hold yourself when you're trying to be more patient. Um, like you have to hold out, hold off your arguments when you know that this isn't a battle that you want to fight. Um yeah, that was something that was very interesting that I found in this passage where it's like the Christian life isn't easy. Um, I think there's some people, like myself included, when I first became a Christian or like I first committed, actually committed my life to Christ where it's like, oh yeah, now Jesus is going to help me with all my life's problems. Um, now God's going to take away all the problems in my life. Um, but that's just not the case. Um, the problems are still there. Um, it's just that we have someone walking with us and we have the Bible that's the guide for our life. Um, so thank you guys for this discussion today. Um, before we end off, uh, would you have any last words of encouragement or, um, 
know, just some more discussion points for our family that's listening. I would say make the most of the time that you have. Um, I think one thing that I've been struggling with over the past couple of months is what to do with the time that I have. Uh, I can't necessarily go out as, as, as much as I used to or what, as much as I planned. I can't play softball as much as I hoped I was going to do this summer. Uh, but what it does do is that opens up a lot for you to connect with people. Um, uh, one thing I've been challenged recently is being able to find ways to pray for other people especially people who I haven't talked to in a while. Uh, and I think now is a, is a good opportunity to do so. Uh, even though it might feel dull, it's actually really nice just to be able to connect with people, um, understand how you can pray for them. And uh, yeah, just be able to hear how God's been working in different people's lives. I think for me, if I could just share a mindset change, which I heard uh, at the beginning of this year, which I thought was really profound it's when when things happen in your life to not ask you know god why are you doing this to me but to ask you know god what are you trying to teach me or what opportunities is this challenge presenting with uh, i think that uh, for all of us do we wish that we have to uh quarantine and social distance yeah absolutely but I think that uh, with this, there are opportunities to do things in our lives that we um, haven't, uh, uh, that we weren't able to to do before. Uh, be it that to be um, spent more time in prayer, to read your Bible more, perhaps to have um, these these deep uh, conversations about faith with uh, your family members in your own home, where often you take that time which you have with them for granted. So I think that um, with for all of us, how our lifestyles for the past few months and likely for the next while as well are going to shift instead of, you know, thinking that, you know, this is changing the things that I wanted to do. Uh, rather, we can try and look and see, you know, what opportunities is God giving me with uh, this altered lifestyle to make new stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I love how crazy it is that it takes a global pandemic for us to step back and actually realize what's important to us. <laughs> um, and I guess for everyone listening, yeah, like learn to fill your time wisely. Um, learn to really cherish what's, what's important in your lives. And hopefully as we journey and we reopen um, all of our businesses and our church and things like that in the next few months, that we won't lose that sense of what's truly important and that it won't take another global calamity for us to remember that. Um, yeah, so that's it for today. Um, this is a, We're recording this on a Friday, so I'll let you guys have your weekends. Um, yeah, and thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you, Roxy. Yeah. Thanks, Bye now. Roxy. Hi again, T3C family. We hope you're blessed by our discussion today. And before we part, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen to so you get this every single week. We'll be featuring more ministry leaders from our congregation in the coming weeks, and we're excited for you to hear their stories and experiences too. If you're not subscribed to our midweek email and our Sunday bulletin, you can do that at info.tccc.ca slash bulletin. We want to thank Amanda Wong for our podcast artwork. And finally, 
and this is a new thing we're going to add this week. If you have any prayer requests or questions that you'd like us to discuss or pray over on the podcast, you can record a short message for us at info.tccc.ca slash podcast and click message. Family, we pray that you have a blessed week. Till next time. Bye.